You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. Colts fall to Commanders 17-16, George. And again, we just talked about like, the Colts failed to put a team away early. And now you're relying on your defense to try to make a stop. And instead, the Commanders go nine plays, 89 yards, just over two minutes and 17 seconds here to score the Taylor Heineke one-yard touchdown that did give them the win with 22 seconds left. And it's a situation where, again, they failed to come up clutch. I'll be honest, I don't know about your feelings. Like, obviously, you want to win the game, and obviously, you got to make a stop there. I really have a hard time faulting this defense or getting too frustrated because they have been asked and, and have had so much pressure on their shoulders because this offense can't score at all uh, at any point this season where it's like, eventually, the dam's going to break. And this to me is one of those situations where when you ask them so many times over and over and over and get, get, get stops and you're on the field for so long, not just this game, but in the overall totality so far of the eight-game season, I, I have a tough time getting too upset because they've so far played you know, well above their weight and have played really good so far for the most part of the season. But it's a situation where when you almost ask too much, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's definitely the offense, you know, no one's going to argue that over the course of the season, the offense has not held up enough if it's into the bargain. It's put the defense in bad situations. I still think the defense deserves a, a lot of blame at the end of the game today for the simple fact that, for one thing, that 89-yard drive can't happen. Nine plays, 89 yards, two minutes and 17 seconds. You, you can't. You can't lose a game on a drive like that. Uh, but also, from the interception, when, when Shaq Leonard had the interception there, with about 11 minutes to go from that point on Washington has two possessions. They have to score on both of them to win the game. And they do, you got one of those two, you got to force a punt. You know what I mean? One of those two, you got to get off the field, and especially the first one, uh, because you, you just gone ahead 16 to seven. You got that first two score lead. You get back off the field there and you let the offense come out and run some time off the clock. I think it's a different feeling in the stadium. It's a different feeling for everybody. Uh, instead they come down, you hold them to a field goal, which is a big deal. And in that drive was not terrible. I mean, they made it was a 12 play, 82 yard drive that took 617 off the clock. So it made them take a long, the long road. But at the end of the day, you're talking about for the point you go up 16 to seven, the defense gives up 171 yards on 21 plays and 10 points, and you lose the game. That they, they can't be guilt free in that that regard. No, now, you're right. You're right. But I mean, ultimately, I still think you're right. I mean, are there things that the offense did, you know, and didn't do earlier in that game? I mean, can they, can the offense pick up a first down on the drive between those two and maybe give the defense enough time to win the game, give them a little bit more rest? Can the offense score points a little more, you know, as the, as the, the game goes on? Absolutely. I still think the offense is at fault as well. I just think we can't totally uh, exonerate the defense today. 
No, you're right. I get that's I'm maybe over sympathizing a little bit for sure, but it just it is frustrating because again, this offense is so bad. When you're one of the 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 bottom of the league in terms of scoring points per game, you're asking your defense to to play almost a perfect game every single week, and it's it's just you can't ask your defense to again hold teams or expect them to hold teams, you know, scoreless or keep them out of the end zone every single week. Because I mean, look, the Colts scored one touchdown today. You know, they, they struggle, as we know, getting in the end zone and finishing off drives. So you're already making it, you know, so much uh, so much harder for the defense to basically go out there and and kind of force it, whether it's forcing turnovers or, or slowing down some of these good offenses that they've been playing so far. And, yeah, like, it's just – I feel like now, like, the beginning of the year where they were they able to get away with it in some instances, like against the Chiefs and you make some big plays or against the Broncos. And now I just feel like now it's almost like you're paying like the you're paying the tax for those wins kind of now, if that like makes sense. When you don't score a touchdown against Denver and you still somehow manage to win the game, it's like last week yeah. you have the, the final drive uh, for Tennessee when the Colts are down by six and you really need a stop and third down, Ryan Tannehill on one leg, throws the ball, Austin Hooper makes a tremendous catch. Just, you know, they get in a field goal range, kick the field goal, two possession game, game over. And now this week, like you mentioned, that's a good point. Ten, like they did score 10 points and the two drives they need to score – the commanders did score and credit to them. I just feel like when you watch so far the, the eight games, they played really well and over their heads and better than they, you know, got credit for uh, early in the year. I feel like that's kind of now starting to come back where it's like, that's not going to happen every week. And that's kind of now paying the price, if you will. You know, and I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. I, I think those things kind of tend to even out over the course of the year. The defense has been asked to carry too much of the load. And so if you want to say, well, they won the game, for you against Denver and, and, you know, definitely kept you in it and gave you a chance to win against Kansas city. That's going to come back, you know, and maybe did in these last two weeks where they're not able to keep you in and give you a chance to win last week in Tennessee. They give up the, the field goal drive that kind of pushes that game out of reach. And then today they're not able to close it out and, and win the game that I feel like those things will even out if, if you don't as an offense carry your end of the bargain. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. Um, and, and, you know, today, defense is credit, they still almost did pull it out. They still almost did make it work today. You know, Gilmore is a hair's width away from from another game-ending interception there. I mean, give Taylor Heineke all the credit in the world for having the guts to go at Gilmore in that situation. We talked about that in the, in the pregame. You know, is, is that going to be something that, that happens? We, we felt like he's a guy who's going to put the ball a little bit more at risk, might challenge him a little bit more. We knew that, that, that McLaurin would be a guy – he would go after and that would be a guy Gilmore would be on to do it in that situation and, and to survive hats off to, to Taylor Heineke hats off to, to Terry McLaurin. Uh, but Gilmore still was, was that close to, to making it work again. I guess maybe that's also part of the reason why like, I don't, I don't have a lot of frustration or, or a lot of anger geared towards the defense. Cause you're right, like, that's just a great play. Like what else you supposed to do? Gilmore is right. there where he's supposed to be. That's just one of those great players make a great play. And it's just like, not that I'm just throwing my hands up. It's almost like, like I, I don't know like what else. Like the, If you go back and I say, oh, let's redo the play, what else are they going to do? Like Outside just putting a guy there because you know that's where the ball is going to go. Like, like you mentioned, Gilmore's in position. He got two hands on the ball. He's got to wrestle the way because McClure made a great play at a little bit, you know, a little bit better leverage. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they do – I guess though, if there is going to be a frustrating part, it is kind of the fact that, you know, on the field goal drive to make it a, from 16-7 to a 16-10 game, you had third and 13 – um, that eventually, you know, they were able to convert. To, they went for a fourth, they were able to convert. So third and 13, you allow them to get a first down in two plays. Then on the final drive, you get lucky because you have the commander's running back slip on what was supposed to be a walk-in third down. It's like you get the break, 
that again should help you lead to get off the field and then they allow them to convert uh later on obviously keep that drive going but you're right the commanders gave them opportunities for the colts to get off the field defensively now like you said this is the second week in a row they have failed to get off uh, get off the field and make a big time stop when needed and it's just it is, it is frustrating it's even more frustrating too george when you are able to get the return of Shaq Leonard. Now, he's on a pitch count. played roughly about 20 snaps. That was kind of what he was going to be held to um, in his first game since, you know, breaking his nose and a concussion in week four against the Titans. And it's like his return, he does what Shaq Leonard does, makes a play, gets the interception, leads to the only Colts touchdown of the game. So you get the splash play that we were kind of talking about in the preview pod that the defense is going to have to have because Taylor Heineke is a guy who does put the ball in harm's way, does give the defense a chance to, you know, make a make a, a big momentum-changing play, and that's still, you know, not even enough to, in the end, get you, get you the win. Because, again, it comes down to what we've been talking about. I think the biggest thing about this team, we can talk about whatever side of the ball we want to talk about. We can talk about what unit we want to talk about. Situational football right now is what, what's killing this team. It's we're losing games. Get off the field on fourth down. I mean, you just mentioned it. Two fourth down conversions on those last two scoring drives, one each. One fourth down conversion on the field goal drive, one fourth down conversion on a touchdown drive. You get off the field on either of those fourth downs, Colts win. It's not pretty, but you're winning. You're moving forward. Uh, I think if there's something that that you want to take from this, you know, trying to be positive moving forward, we want a little bit of optimism, you know, moving forward. It's that if you can clean up this situational football, you know, look, you did get a pretty good game from Sam Ellinger today. You got what you wanted from him. You know, maybe that's the formula moving forward is, you know, running the ball a little bit better, getting a few explosive plays in the passing game protecting the football and good defense. I think that's how they're going to win games the rest of this year. Uh, is it enough to make a playoff push? I highly doubt it. I don't think that's going to be enough to get a playoff push. But look, you got some games coming up. New England, I don't know what they are this year. They look they impressive stink. on Sunday against the Jets. They got blown out by the Bears. The Raiders, they did not they have a very stink. good day today. You know? So there are winnable games still ahead. If you can start taking care of situational football, there are winnable games left on this schedule. And in, in the next two weeks, there, there are winnable games. You are 100% right. And I don't like, I hate to kind of harping on the same things. I feel like on this pod, we've done so a lot, George, not just, I feel like on no, to no fault of our own, just because it's the same issues that keep popping up. Trust me, we'd love to talk about, you know, something different than the offensive line or the quarterback struggles or the team, you know, turning the ball over again when they can't do so. But this, I think this game also goes show exactly what you're saying highlights a bigger point where if you have the quarterback that is the one position that erases so many things where they can overcome negative plays or a lack of a defensive stop or even a negative turnover differential that again, it just affords you so much more freedom to, you know, win games. You don't, we don't play your a game. Your formula for success for this team to win is 100% right, but also to kind of make it even simpler what you said, it's everything going right. It's like it's not having penalties. It's not turning the ball over. It's staying ahead of the chains. It's staying on schedule. It's not allowing sacks. And that's just not realistic. Again, nope. it's, I, I, we've used this analogy before, but it's almost a lot like a triple option offense. Not that the, the offense the Colts are running is similar, but it's like with the triple option has success, right? When it's ahead of the chains, when everything's working, when there's no penalties or no turnovers. But also now if you're down a few scores or even 10 points, like you, you got it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Nope. It's too time consuming or it doesn't work. It's not the offense is not built for second and 14. It's built for second and five. And this Colts yes. offense, like you mentioned, is built right now for second and five. They cannot overcome, like you mentioned, second and 14 or second and 20 for the most part. 
and making big plays. And this defense, you know, this team is not built for the defense to only allow them to score 10, you know, opponents 10 points a game. Like they need everything to go right. And that's just not how the NFL works. And it highlights the importance, again, of finding the guy at quarterback because then he can really kind of erase plays and erase mistakes that right now the Colts cannot overcome because they don't have, they don't have that guy and they haven't had that guy really since Andrew Luck retired back in 2018 or 2019, but when he played in 2018. And that's what a lot of this boils down to. I mean, when you look at the, the overall you know scheme of all of this, uh, I'm reminded today because Tariq Glenn went into the Ring of Honor at halftime. Jim Irsay's out there talking about him and, and you know doing the introduction, and he talked about how much easier Tariq Glenn made it on that offense. Him being at that left tackle, being that dominant left tackle, protecting Peyton Manning's blind side, how much easier that made things for the offense during the glory years of this of this football franchise. Um, those are the two most important positions on the field, and right now the Colts are trying to get by with you know just okay options or even less than that. Uh, you know, at the moment, you've got a veteran uh, who's been a backup most of his career playing left tackle, and you've got a sixth-round pick who's 24 years old learning the game on the fly playing quarterback. It's not much wonder that that it's hard, that so many things have to go right. I mean, it's – for all the things that, that we thought coming into this season that this team could be, I think one of the biggest, you know, things that have changed is we thought Matt Ryan would be a guy who, when he had to be, would be an eraser, and he wasn't this year. He added to more problems than, than he fixed it. But, again, I think it's not just the quarterback. That left tackle spot needs to be fixed too because I think a lot of guys are going to struggle uh, if you don't shore up that role as well. And coincidence or not, like that's where Chris Ballard absolutely deserves a lot of blame because you had two franchise stalwarts. And Andrew Luck, obviously Southern retired in 2018, and then Anthony Cassanzo follow a few, a few years later. And the Colts have used the same philosophy at quarterback and left tackle. You mentioned it. The two most important positions on offense. Quarterback and left tackle. The Colts have the same approach to fixing both of those. And it's patchwork. It's band-aids. And you, you can't be doing that. You have to find two anchors that can really kind of solidify this offensive line and solidify your really entire team, especially the offense. And so far, since those two guys retired, Colts have not been able to do so. They really haven't even, frankly, tried their best. They, they've they had hope projects and guys that, oh, maybe they'll develop and maybe things will work out. That, that's never going to really work out really too well for you. All those plans have backfired. Like I said, I, it's almost like a nice reminder that the, of the Tark Glenn um, – Ring of Honor ceremony on Sunday, George, because it shows, like I said, the, the Colts' heyday with Peyton and everyone and those, you know, mid to 2000, mid 2000s, really the whole decade of 2000s, right? And to where this team is now, you see the stark difference. They are nowhere close now to where they used to be when they were one of the primetime AFC uh, contenders for the Super Bowl every single year. That gap is wide. And to obviously get back there, like you mentioned, the, the the fastest way to getting and closing the gap between the two is solidifying quarterback left tackle. Yep. And to me, you know, when you want to talk about, we had high hopes for this team. We were not quiet about it. We thought they'd win the division. I, I was picking at least one playoff win as well. Why are they not where they are? Why do they instead have the 30th ranked offense in the NFL quarterback and left tackle? I mean, if you want to make it as simple as you can quarterback and left tackle, that is right. And there's your hundred percent, right? You are 100% right, and they just found ways to lose more than, than not. And whether it's turnovers, whether it's just like I said, inconsistent play, this team is – they've done it to themselves. They have no one else to blame right now but themselves for being 3-4-1. and one. And, again, another disappointing Sunday, George, as we sit here as the Colts lose to the commander 17-16. Another game in which they should have won. Like, 
just to quickly rack my brain, outside of Jacksonville week two, when they lost 24 nothing and were dominated in every phase of the game, I could easily say to make the argument the Colts should win every other game. Like they realistically, they didn't beat themselves. You can make an argument and make a path for the most part six and two or even seven and one because they they were right in every single game and they have continually failed for the most part to now make a play or two to get it done. They've hurt themselves. Situational football and self-inflicted wounds. I mean, it's it's a broken record. We talk about it all the time, but that's why. I mean, that that that's what's come down to. And Again, why is that happening? Because you're you're not able to you don't have an offense right now that can overcome much, you know, in terms of adversity, in terms of mistakes. Um, those fumbles are devastating because you need those two drives. You need points on those two drives. Those are two red zone drives. If they just end in field goals, they win today. You know, it, it's that simple. We were talking about uh during the week, you know, if, if Sam Ellinger could take this team from 16 points per game to 23 or 24. Well, if those two field goal drives end with field goals and, and they score from the one inch line today, then you're talking about 26 points. I think today, if I do real quick in my head, two field goals and, and four more points for a touchdown on, on one field goal. And it, that would have been more than enough to win. I think we'd have a much different feeling. Uh, but again, situational football and, and they're not a good enough football team right now to overcome it. If those same things happen to Kansas City, they're probably just blips in the road on on a day where they scored 30 or 40 points. They happen here. You get 16 points and you lose by one. Sunday, I thought to wrap up, George, was the perfect epitome this season. Like, like you just mentioned, it, it's just whether it's the red zone struggles they've had, one or three in the red zone, and, and a few key drives where you needed six, they settled for three. Turnovers, they lose the turnover differential again, two to one, and two costly turnovers, and not only in terms of where the fumbles uh, happened on the field, but also when they happen as well. After some few big plays where you know the Colts could have converted, like you mentioned, third down issues, the offensive line getting blown up, and and when you need one yard with the best running back in the NFL, you can't you lose two. Really, just getting back to the last scrimmage, you lose two yards on third down and goal from the one yard line, and even you know Frank Reich deserves his blame too, but. You know, his conservative play calling and the quarterback again is not good enough to take you over the top. Sunday is the perfect epitome of everything that has gone wrong for the Colts. You saw rear its ugly head at some point in this game on Sunday. And it's the reason why we're sitting here with a losing record with the, with one of the worst offenses uh, in all the NFL. Yep. Three, four and one and off to New England on oh. next week. And uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that as, as we move forward here on the Blue Horseshoe. Another depressing post-game pod. Another depressing start to the work week for sure. As the Colts, again, as you just mentioned, lose the Commanders 17-16. Dan Slatter, Carson went to the Commanders. Do get the final laugh at Jim Irsay and the Colts and their fans for sure. Uh, so it's a, it's a tough one. It's an absolutely tough one. But we will still be here, though. We'll still be here. We'll still continue to bring you our thoughts and hopefully some cheer, at least going forward. It feels like we have to be some sort of whether it's stand-up comedians, George, whether I don't know how we're going to try to bring joy to Colts fans because right now the team's not doing so. So we'll definitely tinker with some things here and try to bring you still some joy uh, in the face of misery over the next two months of the season. I do know how to bring some joy to Colts fans. It's two words he did again today. Grover Stewart. Once yes. again, one drive, he just absolutely blew up on his own. Look, you want to smile. You want to be happy. Grover Stewart. That, that's all I got for you. Been the best and most consistent player on this team by far. Not great when it's a nose tackle, no disrespect to Grover, but hey, at least at least you get one consistent player uh, on this team so far in a season that's been anything but consistent, that's for sure. And if anything's been consistently bad, which is, is never a good thing that you want. 
So we will be back for the midweek pod here on Wednesday morning. Make sure, again, you're subscribing and liking to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We're going to bring you some life, bring you some optimism here going forward for sure. But between now and then, make sure you check out George on Twitter at GM Brum. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Have a great start to your week, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.